Welcome to another exciting weekend message from Encounter Church. For more information, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. So the idea behind God in the movies, maybe you're just this, you've never heard of it before, of the past couple of years, there are, there's no secret that in America, movies are kind of king, right? It's almost the cathedral, movie theaters are kind of the cathedral of, of, our, of, the, of our American culture's religion, if you will. It's fitting that our church meets in a movie theater. It's pretty incredible. So what we're going to do is each week, we're going to discuss one film. We're going to view clips from one of those films, and we're going to explore the themes and some of the deeper truths that are found within those. Now, here's the thing. You might be saying, but why a movie? Why are you taking movies at a church? Well, here's why. Because I believe that God wants to speak to us. I believe he wants to speak to us, and I believe that he will even use movies to do it. The Bible says that actually that God is the source of all truth, okay? The Bible says that all truth comes from him. And it also says that as Christians, that we have the authority to claim all truth. What that means is that we can find truth in the most unlikely of places, and that includes movies. We can find a movie, and even though the filmmakers may not have intended for them to necessarily have a spiritual truth, there are oftentimes themes found within movies, right? Well, as Christians, we have the authority, according to God's word, to claim that truth from God and to teach it to help other people know Jesus. And that's why we want you to invite your friends. We want you to say, hey, why don't you come? We're going to watch this, uh, kind of watch some clips from the Lego movie like today, you know, or next week is going to be Noah, and then the week after that's going to be Edge of Tomorrow. These are very popular or controversial movies, and we're going to identify some stuff in them and see what God might say to us through it. That's a great opportunity for you to invite a friend. So everyone, invite one. So this is what we're going to do. So today, um, when we had our intermission, we asked you guys to go out and get some soda and candy and popcorn. If everybody would pull up their soda cans, we're going to do something fun today. I thought it'd be cool to get it off, to start it off right. So we're going to actually open all of these together, and it's going to make a really cool noise. So if we can go ahead and kill the lights, we're going to go ahead and pull the lights down. And when on the count of three, we're all going to open these cans, and it's going to be pretty neat. So everybody got their sodas ready? One, two, three. All right. Hey, let's start the show. Good morning, apartment. Ready to start the day. Jumping jacks. Hit them. One. Two. Three. I am so pumped up. Yes! Overpriced coffee. That's $37. Awesome! Everything is awesome. Oh my gosh, I love this song. Everything is awesome. Ah, no, guys, wait up. Where am I? Come with me if you want to not die. What is happening? You're the special. And the prophecy states that you're the most important person in the universe. That's you, right? Uh, yes. That's me. Relax, everybody. I'm here. Batman? Awesome! Who are you here to see? I'm here to see your butt. Oh, my gosh. Pow. Wham. First try. My fellow master builders. Hello. Lord Business plans to end the world as we know it. There is yet one hope. The special has arisen. I know what you're thinking. He is the least qualified person to lead us. And you are right. 
A house divided against itself would be better than this. Abraham Lincoln! I'm not the special. I'm just a regular, normal guy. You have the ability to be the special because I believe in you. Robots, destroy him! Aloha, loser! We're winging. It's a bad pun. Take him to the melding chamber. Isn't there supposed to also be a good cop? Hi, buddy. Would you like a glass of water? Yeah, actually. Too bad. We are entering your mind. What? I don't think he's ever had an original thought. That's not true. Introducing the double-decker couch. So everyone could watch TV together and be buddies. That is literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Let me handle this. That idea is just the worst. To the Batmobile. Dang it. To the invisible jet. Dang it. All right. So today's movie is the Lego movie. It is a fun, family-friendly movie about friendship. It's about teamwork. It's about unity and finding significance in life. These are all topics that God cares about and wants us to, to know about and he wants to encourage us with. So when I was growing up as a kid... Uh, I, I tried to fit in a lot, and it was something I don't feel like I did a very good job of. Um, so, for example, I was kind of an awkward kid, and I was trying to find some pictures and didn't find any great ones this year or this week when I was looking, but I, I wasn't particularly athletic, okay? So um, I struggled to fit in, in in the sport area. There was this picture of me I remember seeing. I just couldn't put it up. I was, I was just, I had this gut, you know, I was a little chubby. So I was trying, I was like one of those baseball pictures, you know, where you're about to like, you know, do the bat and they, you know, and I had like this like gut just hanging out. It was awful. It was terrible. I wasn't particularly popular. Um, I was kind of awkward. I mean, I'm a friendly guy, but when I was a kid, I didn't quite know how to like handle some social situations. I didn't dress fashionably. When we went back and we look at family videos um, as, as, a, you know, as a family on vacation, sometimes we'll watch those old videos. And oftentimes I was wearing sweatpants. I don't know why. I just, no. Um, I, I was a little bit overweight, as I had mentioned. Um, and I always seemed to step behind, behind what was cool. You know, I remember I tell this story sometimes too, that I really wanted a pair of combat boots. Combat boots were really popular in the 90s. They're back again. That shows you how old I am. But, but combat boots were really popular. I remember begging my parents for the combat boots that I wanted to wear to school. And then I finally got them and then they weren't cool anymore. No one was wearing combat boots anymore. And so the thing is, is that I didn't feel like I was very good at the things that other people valued, right? So that's kind of the world that I lived in. I spent a lot of time growing up thinking about how I could fit in. I mean, I don't know, maybe you were like that, like if you didn't feel like you really fit in, or maybe, maybe you did, but there was always that race to try to like stay connected with what was going on and to fit in. When I was a kid or as I was growing up as a teenager, I wished there was a manual or like a handbook to help me figure it out. And so in the Lego movie, we meet this guy named Emmett, okay? And Emmett is an average, everyday guy who's just trying to fit in too. That's what he's trying to do. Well, let's take a look at Emmett's daily routine. Let's take a look. Apartment. Good morning, doorway. Morning, wall. Morning, ceiling. Good morning, floor. Ready to start the day. Ah, here it is. Instructions to fit in. Have everybody like you and always be happy. Step one. Breathe. 
Okay, got that one down. Step two, greet the day's smile and say, Good morning, city! Step three, exercise. Jumping jacks, hit them. One, two, three. I am so pumped up. Step four, shower. And always be sure to keep the soap out of your ass. Shave your face. Rough your teeth. Comb your hair. Mm. <laughs> Wear clothes. <laughs> Almost forgot that one. No, no, uh-uh, no, not that wrong. And that's it, check. Step nine, eat a complete breakfast with all the special people in your life. Hey, Planty, what do you want to do this morning? Watch TV? Me too! So I think Emmett is a lot like us. Uh, Emmett has this innate desire to be included, right, and to like everybody, to be liked by everybody around us. I think all of us feel that way, that we want to, to, to feel like we're a part of something. And I think and there's some, there may be some of you who go, no, 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 wait a minute, I don't care what other people think about me. But I would challenge you to ask this question of yourself. If you find out that someone doesn't like you, doesn't it bother you at least a little bit? Like, I think there's something innate inside of each of us a desire for that. And so while we don't have the manual to how to fit in, have everyone like you, and always be happy to follow, we do live in a land of celebrity, right? We do live in the land of the rock star. I mean, in America, what we see is everybody's got their minutes of fame on YouTube, they're celebrities, and they're sort of the ones who set the standard for what life should be like, or, or whether it was in, 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 in college or in high school or growing up, there was always somebody who was sort of on the forefront, right? The people who maybe was well off or, or the individual that the, the trends somehow get set and you find yourself in that, that rat race of trying to at least feel like you're included or set up. There are certain, our culture glorifies certain people as the ideal or the model for the rest of us. And then we tend to base our expectations for ourselves and our lives on other people in our culture. And I think here's the problem, is that we can tend to think that if we haven't hit it big, we tend to think that if we haven't done something unique in our life, that we're not special. Because that's the way our culture teaches us. The culture shows us that, that if you haven't done something that's better than someone else, then you're not really important or worth as much. And we can begin to then feel like we're not valuable or that we're not important. And this is the thing is I don't believe that God sees us that way. I believe that when God looks at you and me, that he has a very different view of us than he does than other people might. So we're going to look at a passage of Scripture today to see what God thinks about us. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to pull them out or open up your tablets or your smartphones. Download that Bible app. I love it when people come up to me and say, hey, Pastor Jared, I downloaded the YouVersion Bible app. It's incredible. Do it. Open it up right now to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 22. We're going to read a passage about the human body. Yes, right, guys. You guys came here for Black and Gold Sunday. It's God in the movies, and it's also human anatomy and physiology. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this is what God says about, about us. Verse 12, the human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. 
But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. And I want to pause here real quickly, is that some of you may read certain words and they're like, Jew. Well, I'm not a Jewish person. Some of you may say, I'm not a slave. In fact, the word slave kind of offends me because it's not something that's really talked about in our culture. But think of it this way. What he was saying was, some of you come from Lawrenceville, some of you are from Philadelphia, some of you are Ravens fans, some of you are Steeler fans, some of you are, you know, have, are well off and some of you don't have much money, some of you are doctors and others of you are, are lawyers and some of you are custodians, some of you are Irish, some of you are Italian, some of you, you know, are, are from, from this side of the tracks, some are from others. What he's saying here is that, is that we are all different people from different places, he says, but we are all baptized into one body by one spirit. We all share the same spirit from God. He continues on, verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot were to say, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, well, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if your ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? I mean, that would be really weird, right? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, verse 18 says, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. In fact, in the Bible, the Bible talks about how in heaven there are these creatures that have eyes covering their entire body. How weird would that be? Like, I've thought about that passage when I've read it before, and I thought, I, I don't even know what that would look like. But it's, that's what he's saying, is how strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts to your body, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand that I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. So here's the thing. We have this tendency as people to think that we're not important because maybe we're not the ones out in the front. So we think about things like our income level and the money that we make. We think about our, the number of friends. You know, you think, man, I only have like a few friends, but man, that person over there seems like they've got all sorts of friends. We think about our visible talents, you know, the things that we, that we can do that other people recognize. So like, I'm not, as, and not as, as great as a speaker as that person, or, or I'm not as good at, uh, at playing an instrument as somebody else, or whatever it might be, you know. Or even our job, we, we draw lines between ourselves and other people by the way that we do work. You know, some people are valued as doctors, right? People want to strive to be a doctor because that's a valuable profession in our community or in our culture. But then when, if you don't have that kind of a job, if you feel like, you know, I just kind of have humble, you know, lifestyle. I, I work as a, as a custodian at a school or, or maybe I support my family at a, as a, a manager at a restaurant or, or perhaps I work for the city picking up trash, you know? It's like somehow in our brains, we, we have this tendency to think that because I'm not doing these big out front things, that somehow I'm not as significant or as valuable. But we also have a natural tendency to do the opposite, and that is to compare ourselves to other people and think more highly of ourselves when we have more than other people do. And this is not so much an intentional thing, 
but it's more of a conditioned thing. Again, I mentioned our culture seems to paint that picture that if, because think about it this way, the American dream, right, is based on the idea that anybody can get anything they want if they just work hard enough, they just pull themselves up by their bootstraps. You know, if you just work hard enough, you can get somewhere. But what happens with that is that we tend to think that because I have what I have, I earned it right? And so you look at someone else and you might say, well, you just didn't work hard enough. And so here's what I'm trying to say, is that while there is definitely merit to education and hard work, that, that each person, though, is created by God to be exactly who they are. Every single one of you in this room right now, myself included, are created by God to be who you are, to be skilled to do what you're skilled to do. The job that you have, that's the job that God wants you to have. If you went to school to train for something because you're interested in it and you're in that space, that's what God has uniquely equipped you to be. So if you're a doctor, that's fantastic because we need doctors. If you're a custodian, that's great because we need custodians. We need everybody. We need people who can play guitar. We need people who can preach. We need people who can hand programs out. We need people who have compassion. We need people who can cook. There's all sorts of different things. God has created each of us to be exactly who we are. And God says that every part of the body matters and is needed and is important. So our big idea of the day, if you're taking notes in your, in your note page, in your program, the big idea today is that every part matters. Every part matters. So back to our friend Emmett. Back to our friend Emmett. You see, he's looking to be significant. If you watch the movie, how many of you have seen the Lego movie? Ever seen it? The movie is all about him searching for significance. He stumbles upon this piece of resistance, and it says, the prophecy says that the one who finds the piece of the resistance is the special right? The special, the most interesting person in the world is what it says. And the idea is that the whole movie is he runs around trying to be something he's not because people think that special means important. People think that in special, that special means that you're talented, incredibly handsome and smart. But what we find is that's not so much the truth. He was looking to be significant and to matter and trying to find out how to do it with his manual for life. But what about us? What about God? What does he tell us about how to be significant? And so I thought it would be cool for us to kind of look at God's manual for significance, God's manual for significance. So let's take a look at Emmett and see what, uh, see what his, his life looks like at this point. Maybe we could go underwater. What if we went underwater? Great idea, babe. Thank you, Batman. Your ideas are the best. But hey, I just said that. We could build a submarine. That submarine patent pending. With the rainbows. And dream catchers in case we take a nap. Like an underwater spaceship. But you can't build all of them at once. Ready? Break. Break. Okay. These are the colors I need. Blue raspberry and sour apple. If anybody has black parts, I need them, okay? I only work in black. And sometimes very, very dark gray. Use the yellow bricks. You guys, can I help? space stuff out of my area. You guys, hey, just tell me exactly what to do and how to do it. Emmett, don't worry about what the others are doing. You must embrace what is special about you. So what we 
we see here is in this space, they're trying to escape from a place called Cloud Cuckoo Land, and they're on the run, and they don't know what to do, and they're all using whatever abilities they have. Like, some of them are master spaceship builders, others are, are uh, able to, like, make just a variety of different construction things to get out. And Emmett has been told that he's a special, but has no idea how to be special. So he's asking for very specific instructions on how to do it. This is what we do. This is what we do. We try to find ourselves in other people's spaces. We want to say, well, if I want to be significant, then that means I need to be like this guy. But what at the very end Vitruvius says is, no, no, no. What you need to do is find out and embrace what is special about you. So the first point in God's manual for significance is that in order to be significant, we have to embrace what is special about you. You have to embrace what is special about you. And it should be on the screen here. You see, in verse 17, it says, if the whole body were an eye, if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? That's what it's saying. It says, God made you the way that you are on purpose. It's a, it, if, because what ends up happening is they create this double-decker couch, which everyone laughs at and thinks is silly. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But, but if they didn't, they would have actually died. And so you need to find out what it is that God has made special about you, and it doesn't necessarily have to be what everybody else has. You see, that's the idea, is that I would ask you this question. What are you good at? What is it that you're good at? What do you like to do? What are you interested in? And stop comparing yourself to other people, and instead ask God to give you insight into why he made you the way that he did. Because some of you may be asking that question and have been asking it for a while. You say, like, why is it that I'm interested in this thing, but it doesn't seem like I can really do anything with it? There's not a lot to this. What am I supposed to do with it? So ask God to give you insight into why he made you the way that he did. What's his plan? This is not about my own plan. It's about embracing what God made you to be. So let's go ahead and and pick it up here and see what the next step is for God's manual of significance. Let's go ahead and watch another clip. Resistance are at the bottom of the ocean. Wait, are you telling me you don't have him? Sir, my scuba team is looking for his remains as we speak. Bad cop. He could still be alive. The peace could still be out there. The only remnant of the special was a double-decker couch. Wait, hold on. A double-decker couch? Yes, sir. Really? So it's like a bunk bed couch? Is that what it's like? That's weird. If you're sitting in the top middle, how are you going to get down without climbing over someone? If you're sitting on the bottom and you're watching TV, are you going to have to watch through a bunch of dangling legs? Who's going to want to sit on the bottom? It is literally the most useless idea I have ever heard. (laughs) Well, we're still alive. Yeah! The double-decker couch. It wasn't totally pointless after all. It's the one thing that stayed together. I always believed in you, Emmett. I don't mean to spoil the party. But does anyone else notice we're stuck in the middle of the ocean on this couch? I mean. All right. So the first step in God's manual for significance is to embrace what's special about you. But the second thing is to believe in yourself the way that God believes in you. I mean, Vitruvius said, I always believed in you. And I think that's the thing is that many of us maybe even look at ourselves and we'll say, okay, all right, I, I think that I have things in me but I don't think I'm going to be very good at it, or I'm not sure that anybody else would value it. But here's the thing is that if God did in fact make you 
the way that you are, if he made you with a passion to cook, if he made you with a passion to clean, if he made you with a passion for music or, or for media or for technology or to speak or whatever it could be, any number of things, numbers and math or whatever it might be that I can't even think about because I'm not you, if God did in fact, create you with that desire, with those skills, then he also believes in you that he wants you to use it that way. And even though other people, the people in the movie here with Emmett, Emmett had an idea and they laughed at his idea. They were like, how could you possibly help us? They're trying to build spaceships to escape and they're trying to to build weapons and all this stuff. And the only thing that he could contribute was to come up with an idea that seemed silly. But in the end, that idea was the thing that saved them. That's the thing that kept them together. And that's the same thing we're seeing here is that, is that in verse 18, it says, but our body has many parts, many parts. Every one of us is a part of God's body. And he says, but God has put each part just where he wants it. So we have to believe in ourselves the way that God believes in us. Not only is it enough for us to to sit there and say, okay, I recognize that God made me in a way that I like these different things or I'm good at these things, but now you actually have to believe that God gave them to you, not just to give them to you, but for a purpose. That he believes in you, that you make a difference, that there is a reason why he created you that way. And many of us don't know where our place is, and maybe you're afraid that you'll be the one to create the double-decker couch, that you're worried that if you stood up and said, hey, I could help in this way, in this way that no one's thinking about, that perhaps you're going to get laughed at. But it starts with believing that God did it on purpose. And he has put you, and hear this, guys, he has put you in specific circles. He's put you in specific circumstances to be useful. He has carved your path in life to put you around people who have need of what you have to offer. Every part is useful. Every part is important. You are useful. You are important at this church. You're useful in your family. You're useful in your neighborhood. You're useful at work. And if you're feeling like you're not, then you're believing a lie. That's the truth. If you feel like you're not useful, if you feel like you're not significant, you're not valuable, you are believing a lie. I want you to look him in the eyes. You are believing a lie. God thinks you're valuable. He created you on purpose and for a purpose. You need to discover God's purposes for you, and we would love to help you. And so the third, the third concept or element of, of God's manual for significance is that we are better together. We need to be better together. Verse 21 and 22 said this, the head can't say to the foot, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. We need to be better together. You see, God created every one of us, not just us, and he wants us all to know him and the value that we all have. But that only happens when we do our part. Because what ends up happening, if the feet start doing its job, the feet are walking, but if the eyes aren't doing their job, they're just going to run into stuff, right? And if the hands, if the feet and the eyes are working together, but then they arrive somewhere, but the hands will do their job, they can't do anything. They can't pick up anything. And that's just the way that it is in our life. It's the way it is in family at this church. If, if each one of us are not finding out what it is God has for us or what he wants for us, what he designed us for, then the rest of the body suffers because it's not functioning properly. If we all did the same thing, we would only get one thing done. But if we all focus on the things that God has for each of us, we can do a variety of things. We can reach people that, that I can't reach. If you are yourself, when I meet your friend, I might not be able to reach them, but you can. The way that you know them, the way that you talk to them, their interests, and the things that you have in common with them. 
You understand how it works? If we're all doing what God has designed each of us to be, we can accomplish great things. Our world needs all of us. And our significance, I want you to hear this, our significance in life, it is not derived from being like everyone else. It is not to be popular. It's not to look like people. It's not to have a certain kind of house. It's not to have, and all of those things can be nice, but that is not where our significance derives. It comes from being who God made us to be. We are significant because God made us the way that he did. And when each of us are comfortable in our own skin and the value those people who are next to us, because that's important. Be better together means that we don't look down on other people, that we value them just as much as ourselves that we will function as one healthy body. Let's visit Emmett here at the end and see how that comes into play. Guys, you're all so talented and imaginative, but you can't work together as a team. I'm just a construction worker. But when I had a plan and we were all working together, I mean, we could build a skyscraper. Now, you're master builders. Just imagine what could happen if you did that. You could save the universe. Well said, Emmett. Well said. Really? Should be a fine speech there, laddie. Okay. So what we see here is that we have people in our lives, people in our neighborhoods who need hope. And we want to reach them. And give them Jesus. And Emmett made a good point. He was saying that there are so many people who are talented, but they couldn't work together and it was causing them problems. And so that's kind of the idea is that it's every part matters. And I felt like as I was writing this message and as I was praying this morning about what God might want to specifically say to maybe somebody in the room. Because I believe that, that God is not just in the pages of the Bible. I believe that God is real. We named this church Encounter Church because we believe that he wants to speak to us in our present day life. And so I pray and I ask God, I say, God, what is it you want to say today? Is there someone who needs to hear something specific? And so I feel like maybe there was someone, this is kind of what I was getting when I was praying, is I feel like maybe there's somebody today, and we've talked about this before, is that some of you are believing labels about yourselves. You're believing negative things about yourselves. Or maybe you're feeling, you walked in today and you did feel like you're not valuable or you're not important. Maybe in your life, maybe for whatever reason, your, your home life makes you feel that way. Maybe at work or at school, maybe you just, your life hasn't turned out the way that you thought that it should at this point. Maybe you've made choices that have derailed your potential or where God wanted to take you. But what I'm here to tell you today is that every part matters, that you matter, that, that just because you've done something or maybe you feel like you're not in a place of where you were supposed to be, that that doesn't mean that what he's made you to be cannot be any longer. You are here today, and this message serves as God speaking to you today, saying, I see you, I love you, and you matter. And so there are people in our world, people in our lives, people in our own families who need to hear that same message, that God created them too, and that we're not alone, that they're not alone, that they don't have to live a life of feeling insignificant, that they, people are searching for stuff all over the place because they don't feel like they fit in or that they matter. We want to reach them, and we want to give them Jesus. And there are ideas, there are serving opportunities just waiting to be discovered if we would ask God for how we could work together with our unique abilities. And so we're going to wrap up today with this challenge. And the worship team can go ahead and come on out. 
The challenge is this. Be willing to create a double-decker couch. Be willing to create the double-decker couch. And what do I mean by that? That double-decker couch was, an, was a unique idea from a unique person who God created. And even though it might not always make sense, when it's used for the purpose that it was created for in the moment, that God can use it to save people's lives. And so there are ideas inside of you and inside of me that God wants to do something with. And it might not be the most orthodox thing. It might not be the most, the most uh, popular thing or seem like the, the sexiest idea, you know what I mean? Like it might not be something that everybody would come up with, but whatever God's put inside of you that could help in your circumstance or in your circles or opportunities that I mentioned, it is the thing that is needed. Be willing to create the double-decker couch. What do I mean by that? I would say discover what God created you for. We talked about that in the first point, in God's manual for significance. Embrace what is special about you. You need to discover what God created you for. I would love to help you with that. I'd love to talk to you about that. Maybe I have ideas that you haven't thought of. The second thing is that you need to have faith that you matter. You do matter. God thinks you matter, and I think you matter. You do matter. You have to faith that God created you for a purpose. And finally, be a part of a healthy body. We said that we're better together. We are the body. The Bible calls the church the body of Christ. And so when, when we support each other, when we love each other, when we spend time with each other, when we lift up each other, when we, when we value the people who are next to us, even though they may be in a different position than us, a different lifestyle than us, maybe they look differently than us, maybe they come from a different place. That's what I love about that passage of Scripture. The very first part of the verse, it said, it said that each person is a Jew or a Gentile or a slave or free. I mean, those are opposites, Right? We might be sitting next to somebody right now who is different than you. Maybe somebody behind you or in front of you who lives a completely different lifestyle. But the beauty of Jesus and his church is that we are all part of the same body. We all matter. We're all important. Come on! Thanks for listening to this message from Encounter Church. If you call Encounter Home or if you would like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterPGH.com and click on the Support Encounter tab on the left side. This is a quick and simple way to stay up to date with your regular giving. We hope you join us next week.